0: Welcome to Across the Bifrost, the Mighty Thor podcast, where each and every episode we explore the world of Marvel's Mighty Thor. My name is Ryan Doze. I am your host today, and I am reaching out to you from the snowy plains of the Midwest, where it looks, as I look at my window, it looks like... The casket of ancient winters has been opened up on my street. There's snow everywhere, there's snow plows and snow blowers, and we're just digging ourselves out of a of an early winter storm. So I hope wherever you are, you are warm and cozy, and you've maybe got a hot drink beside you, and you are ready for some throwback Thor today. We have a great guest. Eric Bennett is stopping by. He is someone that I met through a few groups on Facebook, and we've just been talking Thor for a few weeks now, and I thought we would bring one of those conversations to you all on the podcast. Eric, it was just great to have on the show. So we talk about two more issues in our throwback series, and these two issues just so happen to include the first appearance of a A really pivotal pivotal, uh, foundational character in Thor's rogues gallery. It's the Destroyer. Finally, the Destroyer makes his first appearance here. So we bring you that conversation in just a few moments. But until then, I wanted to just tell you really quickly about the news that I've been teasing for a few weeks now. The next phase, the next stage, the 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 evolution of our show and that is that we are starting a patreon page for additional content for exclusive things and bonus uh, bonus stuff galore for you. And if you are interested in supporting the show through our patreon, we have three different levels, three different tiers you can join us at. you can start off at the three dollar level as a new Doug our reference from Thor Ragnarok. You can join us at the $5 level, which is our point break level, a reference from the original Avengers. And you can join us at the $10 Lebowski level, which is our Thor, or which at, or which Thor reference from Avengers Endgame. So we have a $3, a $5, and a $10 level the $5 and $10 level do have bonus content attached to them. And then the $10 level allows you some influence on the show and what we talk about, what direction we take the show. So, Three, five, $10 levels. At each of them, you will get my appreciation. You will get my thanks and a shout out on the show here. So that is our setup for Patreon. For the time being, I would appreciate anybody that wants to go support the show. I would appreciate it. That would just help us be able to give you more great content, and uh, just uh, get some cool guests on, and, and anything really, anything helps the show. So we would appreciate that. Go check us out on Patreon, and just search across the the Bifrost. Uh, If you need a little bit more just across the Bifrost, the Mighty Thor podcast. So that's a great place to support us. Today, we have a great creator on the show. Eric Bennett is creating his own comics. He's actually got some great stuff that he's going to mention at the end of this episode. And then um, we'll be sure to promote his stuff on our social media if you want to check out more of what he's going to talk about at the end. So Eric is here to talk about the first appearance of the Destroyer. And we are not going to waste any more time here at the beginning of the episode. We want to get right into this conversation. So here is my conversation with Eric Bennett in our Throwback Thor series. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard Where the blooming heavens roar You'll behold How's it going, everybody? Welcome to this week's edition of our Throwback Series. We are jumping back into Journey into Mystery with a special guest today. I will let him introduce himself, and then we are going to talk about some great Thor comics. So, esteemed guest, tell us who you are and, uh, and maybe just a little bit about yourself before we talk some comics.
1: Yeah, hi, my name is Eric Bennett, and uh, I am a graphic artist uh, by trade. And I'm a lifelong comic collector. I've been reading Thor since issue 245. Oh my goodness. And that was even before I could read. (laughs) Uh, It got me a lifelong interest in the Norse gods. I've been studying them, uh, both the the actual myths and reading Thor nonstop since
0: then. Awesome. And I know Eric and I, uh, we became uh, acquaintances through a few really cool Facebook groups. Uh, Not only the the across the Bifrost group, but I believe we're both in the, uh, Marvel 1961 to 1997 group. Is that the group? We we're are, together? But Yeah. Um, yeah. At the, uh, comic geek speak group as well. Yes. Right. We are both uh, comic geek speak disciples as well. <laughs> those guys, uh, those guys over there have definitely connected, uh, connected many people through the years. When did you start listening to comic geek speaker? Oh, absolutely. Oh Lord. Uh,
1: I want to say, at the very least, a decade ago. A decade. So you've listened. Yeah, to- I, I searched on the internet for podcasts about Thor because I wanted to hear something different, and I think they had a like a book of the month club. It might have been. Awesome. us uh, talking about something. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I we've had um uh, we've had Chris Eberly on this show, one of the comic geek speak mainstays, and he uh was uh instrumental in, in this podcast starting uh you know i always say that the my love of thor began with thor movies and comic geek speak doing the silver age spotlight absolutely and, his his spotlights are fantastic oh it's i i just listened uh, to the incredible hulk today for like the third time uh <laughs> you know I, I'm, I i just can't get enough of these spotlights and now you know uh with this throwback series that i'm going to do uh you're going to be a part of tonight. It's kind of our own little mini, 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 mini spotlight um, when we cover two issues of Thor tonight. So Eric, I wanted to, before we jump in, I wanted to give you an opportunity to tell people what, uh, what you've got, uh, that you've got an awesome collection of figures, uh, action figures to be specific, and and a lot of them are Thor-related figures. So I wanted you to just, as a fan, tell listeners of Across the Bifrost what you've got uh, and why uh, maybe they should be really jealous of you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, um, I've been collecting Marvel Legends since the line started, and um, it got to the point where there's just too many coming out too fast and it's too expensive. So I decided to narrow my focus to Thor related figures only. And was there a that gave you narrowed me narrowed it for room. that. I'm sorry. Was I'm sorry, was there a reason you narrowed the selection to just Thor figures? Well, I, like Thor and Thor related characters. Yeah. So that would be any villains that appeared in his series, you know, any sort of ancillary characters to him, that sort of thing. Um, but it just got to be the price of action figures is going up and they're releasing line after line after line so fast that it gets really, really expensive.
0: So you had to trim the fat a little bit. I get right, it. Absolutely. I get it. So I, we, we talked a little, we've, I, I have actually been uh, lucky enough to see your collection. You, uh, you took a picture of everything you had and, uh, you sent it to me and I, I literally was like, this guy, he. Like I think I'm a big fan. You went the next level, and you you have you could like reenact all of these comics right now, uh, <laughs> where you're sitting with the amount of figures you have. I, I know I asked I asked you off off air here how many figures you think you have, and easy to say you have a, a, a thousand plus.
1: I would hate to say that, but it's probably close to true.
0: Probably true. Um, You know, that, and you said that includes Transformers, DC characters, other Marvel characters, but predominantly it's Thor related characters, right? That's correct. That's correct. I have a whole, you saw the
1: action figures I have on display, but I have a whole other storage bin that's full of Thor related stuff that I just don't have the room to put on right now.
0: So, (laughs) meanwhile, I'm sitting over here with my one Ulick figure. Waiting for uh, Thor One Thirty Seven to come around so I can spend two hours talking about Eulic, uh, <laughs> so that I can justify the one figure I have. But one of, one of those figures, no doubt that you have, is the uh, the main feature of today's throwback uh, spotlight, which is the first appearance of famed Thor villain magical artifact. What we're going to kind of
1: uh,
0: what was that? <laughs> Adversary, adversary. Well, yeah, let's 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 stick with adversary, the destroyer. So, Eric, I know you have a few destroyer figures. Uh, you want to just maybe tell us about, you know, uh, maybe do you remember where you got those? Uh, you know, uh, maybe just a little bit of the history of those in your collection. Um, whenever
1: Marvel Legends did the destroyer the first time around, uh, he was back during the toy biz days. Okay. I have that one. And then they also did a variant of that, which was the Thor Buster Iron Man armor. Yes. So I have those two. Nice. Recently, Marvel Select, they released a new version of the destroyer. He's larger, he's bulky, he stands at least a head and shoulders above Thor, which I always think that he should. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And he's got some real weight to him. Like and the spikes on him, yeah, they're pointy. It's, it's an actual weapon if you needed it to be. My goodness. I did, I did. Yes, I could clock somebody
0: pretty good with that. Well, you know what? Let's, uh, speaking of clocking someone really good uh, with the Destroyer, we are going to jump into our discussion about uh, Thor versus the Destroyer today. Uh, so the issue that the Destroyer uh, appears in first is Journey into Mystery, now, with the big letterhead, uh, you know, the Mighty Thor letterhead, uh, that'll it'll soon switch over in about nine issues to just the Mighty Thor. The Journey into Mystery 118, and the title of this issue is very simply put, To Kill a Thunder God. And it does feature, like we've said already, the first appearance of the Destroyer. The Destroyer, uh, just in layman's terms, um, will kind of break this down a little bit more as we read this two-part story. The Destroyer is a uh, magical suit of armor that, the, uh, that an inhabitant can uh, put their, their soul into, their, their essence, their entity inside of, and it can be used to, um, to great effect, whether for good or for evil. And it was originally created by Odin uh, to ward off uh, very, uh, very big next level threats. Uh, But Thor has an interaction with this uh, magical suit of armor, the Destroyer, in this issue. So, Eric, we are going to jump into the first few pages, and we are just going to wax poetic about Thor versus the Destroyer for a little while. Sounds great. Journey into Mystery 118 was... Uh, I always love how Stan Lee starts these issues uh, as he breaks down the cast of characters that created this comic. It is a story steeped in splendor by Stan Lee. It is artwork bathed in beauty by Jack Kirby. It is ink, his inking dipped in drama by Vince Coletta and lettering, <laughs> oh my goodness, couched in cliches by Artie Simic so our 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 creative team has assembled um and eric i just want to know uh with uh this being your first time on the show any of those creators stand out to you uh maybe what about them stands out to you as you read these issues and uh and you've been an admirer of their work for so long
1: well i've always been a a fan of kirby uh his sense of action dynamic and and design especially i love his designs um Yeah, I mean, Kirby always stands out. Uh, Sometimes, uh, I mean, Stan Lee's great, but sometimes with these older issues, it can be a little tough to read through now simply because of the kind of writing we've gotten used to over the years. Absolutely. But these are the foundations that the Marvel Universe is built on. And it is is critical that to really understand where we are and where we're going, we need to go back to where we started. And that's why reading these are, are good
0: i couldn't i couldn't agree with you more um the uh the great uh the great depth to which the marvel universe has plumbed uh you know through the decades since these comics really is we're, we're still in the foundational uh the, the 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 bedrock uh of especially thor stories because uh, today we're actually going to talk about um, some very key characters that made it into the first Thor film um, you know it's already almost a decade old which is insane to me um, that, is, that, that, is. Uh, that this year we celebrated 10 years since the first uh, Thor film made it into theaters that is just nuts since uh, we got
1: the first awe-inspiring look of Asgard
0: oh my you know. goodness the the Kirby-esque uh, you know, unfolding of of the realm eternal. Oh my gosh! Now, now I got now I got to go watch Thor again, which is never a, <laughs> never a chore for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if I really have to, if I if I have to watch <laughs> Chris Hemsworth uh, kick some butt, then I will. Um, but jumping into this story, uh, we are uh, on the back end of a, an adventure where Thor is uh, he is faced off against the Viet Cong. This is. Of course, at the height of the Vietnam conflict, and um, so, in order to uh, make the Marvel Universe, you know, the they're the adventures that are happening out your window. Uh, they right. set Thor in an adventure in uh, in Vietnam, which we discussed on our last throwback episode. Thor is wrapping up affairs and uh, he is uh, he is seen from afar by Loki uh, because Thor still possesses the Norn stones that have uh, been uh, been the focus of their conflict for quite a few issues now. And Loki decides that he is going to use another cat's paw. He's going to use another mortal to do his bidding. And he focuses in on a hunter just uh, we're never even given a name for this guy just i was gonna point that out he never even gets named he he, he just he's only referred to as hunter that's it yep. that's and it. uh loki targets him because he senses something of, of of malice and evil within the hunter's heart uh you know that um that that inner darkness uh that loki can exploit and he uh the hunter is able to subdue thor with uh, an anesthetic shell out of his rifle and thor is knocked unconscious so we quickly transition to the the camp of the hunter and really this is all a setup to get us to the resting place of the destroyer so the hunter is being used by loki to get to uh, the temple the temple of darkness which uh, apparently is in vietnam somewhere uh, so Loki, uh, Loki is using this hunter to uh, subdue Thor for the moment so that Loki can unearth the destroyer because he knows that the destroyer is possible. Uh, it's possible that he could take out Thor. So we get to page five and then this giant temple unfolds. So it, within this temple, we see the first glimpse on page six of the destroyer. So, Eric, I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit about um, depiction, you know, the, the Destroyer is this very interesting type of, like you said, adversary. So what are just some of your first impressions of, of the Destroyer as a, as a villain, as an item, as a weapon? You know, uh, let's maybe just uh, dissect what he really is.
1: Well, every time I see the Destroyer, no matter where he's at, just instant menace.
0: You know, he's just so imposing. Yes. Uh, this first it's, image we, we ever get of him, uh, it's it's this almost medieval suit of armor, but it's very bulky and very hunched. And um, it, it, it looks like it could definitely, uh, it looks like it could definitely tear someone up. That's for sure. I, I like the pose that it's in. I mean, it, you
1: might think that it's a little strange since he's sort of hunched over but it almost looks like he was in the middle of a fight and that the magic right, just yeah. left him when he was in prison and he was just stuck in the same position as he was fighting so
0: great catch yeah i, I he, he's he's in kind of like a almost like a wrestler's stance exactly uh, yeah and and, and, and it,
1: great... if we can go back one page to the Absolutely. temple itself um what, what strikes me about that is, I mean, yes, there's a certain level of, um, you know, sort of pseudo-Asgardian design to it. But this, this story takes place in 1964. Yes. And that's a good 14 years before Jack Kirby created the Eternals and the Celestials. True. Very true. So this temple, while looking as Guardian, at the same time, very much echoes the Celestials as well.
0: Okay. What 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 about his, what about the, the, the temple's design maybe makes you think eternals and is kind of evocative of you know Kirby's later work when he would return to Marvel. In Eternals
1: number one, whenever uh, and you'll forgive me, and I'm sure Adam Murdo would know the scientist's name right off the top of his head. Of course he uh, would. One who's the one who's Icarus is speaking with him and his daughter when they go into the the temple there's a vehicle that looks like it's a descent vehicle and it's got three uh celestials sort of on it and they're sort of all back to back in a similar position to this
0: oh okay okay yeah yeah i mean i mean they're they're very they're very large imposing figures and um definitely this is definitely a place that doesn't exactly look like home, sweet home. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and, and, it, and it's, it's, it's given the name, the temple of darkness. And it, 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 uh, it holds this menacing uh, me- mechanical monster, the destroyer that in the uh, follow-up panel to his first viewing and his first appearance, we see the hunter merged with the destroyer his his essence goes inside of the armor and loki knows that now the the true menace of the destroyer is unleashed because the destroyer cannot stop uh, it, it must do what its name intends it must destroy yes. so the and there's a little caveat in here that the first thing he sees he must destroy Correct. so thor has been unconscious and he's been subdued by the hunter he frees himself and he he rushes off to find this hunter and he finds the hunter's body but the hunter is uh, he's not he's alive but he's not moving he, he's he's like a statue and out of nowhere swings this metal arm at the thunder god and it is the destroyer who has come alive with the energy of the hunter inside of him And that making Thor the first being that the Destroyer sees. Now, on pages eight and nine, there's an interesting uh, little footnote here that happens. The Destroyer armor is capable of lifting the hammer. Mm -hmm. This is a, this is a, and I'm sure... I'm sure Eric, you know, you know much about this, where Stan Lee would set up a writing device and then he would say, okay, now how do we work around that? You know, the, 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 the worthiness factor of Thor, uh, you know, whoever, so whoever's worthy, they may, they may lift the hammer and they may have the powers of Thor. Well, this is where the destroyer being more of an item and a weapon works to his advantage so that first three uh, panels of him picking up the hammer uh, and the impetus of this fight what were just some of your first impressions of them clashing in their first appearance
1: it's really good i mean what sort of uh took me by surprise and my experience with early destroyer stories is sort of limited um i was surprised at how much he says that he acknowledges like my mortal body, and his, his sense of identity is still very much intact inside the destroyer. My impression has always been that the life force gets drawn into the destroyer, but then the destroyer has like a consciousness and drive of its own. And that yeah, the yeah. is really a power source. And obviously, I'm wrong.
0: Well, well at least in uh and, and, and such is true with so many silver age comics and, and you know, you, when you compare the origins of something to what it becomes later is they'll, they'll tweak it to, to however the story and the author uh, wants it to go. But you're right. I mean, I, I was also a little bit, a little bit uh, thrown back. like, oh, okay. So I kind of just assumed that the, the wearer of the armor loses his autonomy. Exactly. Um, but but no like you said like the 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 hunter is very tied um, to the destroyer it is more uh, more like he is just wearing a suit of indestructible armor and and that exactly. first-
1: his, his own mind is sort of overridden by the destroyer's desire to destroy but it's still very much him doing it
0: yeah he just almost can't help himself Speaking of um, speaking of menace and malice and, and even mischief, we jump over to Asgard and we see what uh, what good guy Loki is up to. Uh, Loki Loki has uh, he's unleashed the Destroyer on Thor. Okay, awesome plan is working into motion. Only one problem though. The Destroyer must destroy. So in Loki's mind. Thor is going to be destroyed. Who's going to get blamed if Thor is killed or if Thor is destroyed? Loki knows that he is going to be the one to draw the, the ire of the All-Father. So he immediately runs to Odin to explain himself. Really, it's a move of self-preservation, but he is helping Thor. And it's really the first time we see Loki on any level help his half-brother Thor. So they, he, mm-hmm. runs the, um, he runs to the, he uh, runs to the, uh, the royal bedroom. I don't know, <laughs> and he, we see the also kind of a, a first glimpse of a, a glimpse of a concept that is very, very formulaic in Thor comics. Thor, uh, Thor, uh, Odin is right. engaged in the Odin sleep, right, called the sleep of life here yes uh yeah referred to as the sleep of life absolutely yes it becomes the odin sleep we get to know it as the odin sleep and 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 really this is um this is uh the way that odin replenishes his power and also it's a plot device (laughs) so that thor has to fight the destroyer while odin sleeps because odin is the only one that can stop the destroyer's destructive path so eric as as Loki is, you know, then he, Loki's a little obstinate, and he uh, he tries to, you know, tell them, you know, no, Thor, Thor will be destroyed if Odin is is not awoken, and they throw Loki in prison. So this whole scene in Asgard, where Loki is sticking out his neck to basically undo his plan so that he doesn't uh, receive further judgment and, and punishment from Odin, this scene. What were some of your impressions of this scene? Uh, Because it is a very different side of Loki's uh, selfishness that we get to see here.
1: It is. I mean, it's still Loki very much looking out for himself, but it's in a way that we sort of get to see later on in later issues, especially during the Simonson run where he's like, you know, okay, I really need to actually help him, you know? And, and his comment as he's running running towards Odin for the first time, where he says, for the first time, I've outsmarted myself. <laughs> you know. Oh
0: my gosh. At first I've outsmarted myself. What a what a friggin' uh <laughs> self-absorbed jerk jerky is.
1: <laughs> right. And then that big splash page there, the the first ever look of
0: the uh the Odin onesie. You know, oh my gosh, he's 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 got his he's got his footies on. Uh, yep. He's got a big uh, like a looks like a quadruple pillow topped bed. <laughs> he's Odin is not worried about a thing right now. He yeah,
1: is. My was like, wow, it's the Odin Snuggy. You
0: know, <laughs> the Odin snuggy <laughs> We need to have somebody in the Facebook group uh, edit together uh, Anthony Hopkins' face on a Snuggie. My God, great. <laughs> I think nice. I'll I'll get uh, I'll I'll get my 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 graphic designers on that, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah this this big full page uh, it, it introduces a, a very important concept um, that Odin must replenish his power, and speaking of power, we see for the first time on pages twelve and thirteen Mjolnir not not Thor Mjolnir the actual physical hammer sustains damage from the destroyer the destroyer is the first uh first being the first uh the first adversary of thor to actually uh damage the main weapon in thor's arsenal he sends a bolt of energy uh through the hammers uh the head of the hammer and it cracks it through uh so that thor uh, thor knows he's got to deal with that later and we actually see that come up in a few issues that 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 plot line is definitely picked up later on and then yep. thor knows he had he has to fight without the hammer now uh, because it's broken for this time and thor is then melted into the floor now the destroyer has a varied amount of powers and um i, I uh, though it's it's not out of the, uh, the we get to see this a little bit later, how he uses the the beam out of his out of his face mask, but uh, the Destroyer is has these energy based powers. He's indestructible, uh, and it kind of reminded me this scene of their conflict in the first Thor movie, where the Destroyer gets he gets the upper hand on Thor pretty handily uh, right off the bat. Um, right. Yeah. So we. We see Thor kind of um, backed into a corner, and uh, we...
1: He's having to use his head instead of his his uh, his arm for a change.
0: Exactly, and, and honestly, I, Eric, I'm just curious what you think about this. I love stories where Thor isn't just this hammer wielding brute, and he actually mm-hmm. gets to develop a little bit. He actually gets to flex some other aspects of his godly nature what what are some of your just uh, first impressions of how uh they use him to different effects in this story
1: well it, that's it exactly i mean he's he's always you always presume instantly that you know when you have a hammer every problem is a nail Quite literally, and then, yes. And then Loki's constantly calling him my dim-witted half-brother or my dim-witted step-brother depends, you know, on what script. So they're constantly denigrating his intelligence, but he's actually fairly clever.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And they don't play that enough, you know. And speaking of, of clever, of cleverness, we jump back to the Asgardian prison that Loki is being held within and Loki tries to outsmart the guards, and he's in the he's in the. Uh, uh, oh goodness! I, he refers to it as the prison of no escape or the dungeon of no escape. Exactly. Now, I love when things are so obviously named, so that they can be overtaken. Uh, the island
1: of silence. You know?
0: Yeah, it's like, well, there's going to be a lot of talking there. I can guarantee yes. it. If there's something called the dungeon of no escape. Guess what's going to happen? Loki's escaping okay. from this dungeon. Uh, we just don't know how. Yeah, so Loki tries to outsmart them, but there's two guards, and one of the guards is able to overtake Loki. So uh, the, the, the trickster is uh, in a way still tricked. Um, he just didn't think it all the way through which uh, if you told Loki that he didn't think his plan all the way through, that would probably upset him. So uh, he loves his schemes, loves his plans. He he thinks he's the best. Um, But we jump back to Thor, who is encased, he's melted into the floor and um, the destroyer is bearing down on him to release this blast of destructive energy uh, that Thor even says, um, uh, he says, he has unleashed a bolt of elemental destructive power against which nothing can endure. It comes closer by the second. When it touches me, I'll be transformed into another element. It shall be the end of the mighty Thor. So no need to keep reading. The, the, the end is nigh. Oh, Oh wait, we have next month's issue. Exactly. <laughs> I do. I do uh, though. I'll be honest. I, when I started this throwback series, and they were just one shots, they were just like uh, adventure of the month kind of books. Mm-hmm. They were still okay, but I love these cliffhangers. Yes. I love that the story gets rolling and it keeps rolling. And and, and you know we've been ta- we've been concerned with these Nornstones stones for like four or five issues. Loki has been trying to. Uh, Loki has been trying to beat his brother you know since the before the trial of the gods started the story elements just keep rolling over each other and it keeps the story going so well even into our next issue which is journey into mystery 119 but eric before we leave part one of this story i just wanted to get your final thoughts about this issue before we leave uh you know the the issue entitled to kill a thunder god The two biggest thoughts I have
1: are in talking about the destroyer and what he's capable of. I mean, he himself says at one point for, I possess every force in the universe. So seeing him do all these different things shouldn't be surprising no, because he admits, I can pretty much do what I want to do, you know? And then the other moment where he slices Thor's hammer and, you know, for the first time ever, if that were happening in a modern book, that would be like that would be a whole page.
0: Yeah, you know, moment. And here it's like bottom left hand corner panel. You know. Yeah, th- that would be the climactic, uh, you know, uh, ep- uh, uh, like a, a, a the end of the second act of a major. Yeah, that would be
1: the cliffhanger.
0: Exactly. I mean, yeah. truly that that would be that would be an amazing cliffhanger. It's like I have no hammer now. What do I do? But you right. know. Uh, that's not even that's not even the uh, the ultimate consequence of this issue, so we move on quickly to one nineteen of Journey into Mystery. This issue is fantastically named the Day of the Destroyer, and I love that uh, the you know even the word destroyer is uh, it just evokes so much drama and a climactic fight and the cover. Is so beautifully done here. Uh, it's not done like a traditional uh, cover of the time, where it would be one big image, and it would be several bubbles, you know, explaining what's going to happen inside. This is actually a progression, and it shows how each major character is uh, going to add to the story here. So we'll just read the cover. I don't often read covers, uh, but we'll we'll read this, and then we'll jump into the actual body of the issue. The mighty Thor has no chance but to face the most powerful foe of all time, the unbeatable destroyer whose strength surpasses that of the thunder God himself. While in far off Asgard, even the evil Loki fears the result of their fateful battle for only Odin has the power to stop the destroyer. Odin who is formidable or is forbidden to interfere all this and more awaits you in the day of the destroyer. So, Fantastic cover, fantastic opening splash page. And Eric, we we just read issue 118, but it, put yourself maybe in the, the the mindset of a reader in the Silver Age in the 60s, you know, having left off that cliffhanger in 118, and then these are the first images you see in 119. Like, how did this issue grab you immediately when you opened it up? Well, I'm that's
1: an amazing image, uh, for... You don't know what's going on with him. I mean, you know, to the coloring—is he made of glass? Is he? Did he get turned to stone? What's going on there? You know, I and mean, like did did the wave of of elemental
0: force transform him? You know, we actually find out that he he basically goes uh he goes uh, incorporeal. He he goes astral. He's doing his best Doctor Strange impression right here. Uh, yep. He and he actually sinks through the floor and then the destroyer tries to throw something at him he tries to shoot other bolts of energy at him and they all go through him he escapes down into the lower dungeons of the temple of darkness and he escapes the destroyer just for the moment while we jump back to asgard and loki's continual uh his persistence in getting out of The Dungeon of No Escape.
1: Trying to save his brother slash his own hide.
0: You know, we talked a little bit about this before we we chatted. and it's like, it's really uh, some character development for Loki. Uh, It it shows the true depth of how selfish he is. (laughs) 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 I will save Thor if it means I save myself. But, uh... Yeah, I'm not interested in saving him all the time. We're not. Walt Simonson
1: put it best in that, uh, during the Surtur saga, that one famous panel of Odin, Thor, and Loki getting ready to fight Surtur. Odin says, for Asgard. Thor says, for Midgard. Loki says, for myself.
0: It is a great, great image. And it could not, it could not describe those three characters more. Absolutely. It's, I mean, I, I cannot wait until we get to Walt Simonson uh, for, for fantastic insight like that, how they, they self-describe so well. Yeah, yes. Let's jump back into the Temple of Darkness because Jack Kirby is about to just draw up a storm here mm. in the uh, the tunnels underneath the Temple of Darkness. Thor is... Uh, still being chased by the Destroyer because he's relentless. He must destroy Thor. That is the goal, and he will not be deterred from his goal. We see this giant blaze of fire that the Destroyer sends after Thor, this molten force. and <laughs> A bolt of molten force. Molten force. Whatever the <laughs> yeah. heck molten force is. Exactly. <laughs> Stan Lee just making up stuff. Uh, I-, I think I think really, if you described the Silver Age, uh, as Silver Age writing of Stan Lee, is like Stan making up stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, uh, it's, it's almost like um, like in uh, Star Trek episodes, it's almost like his own version of Technobabble. Exactly. exactly. It means it means nothing. Uh, it's just there to serve the story. The words sound good when put beside one another. Yep. <laughs> And and you know honestly maybe maybe Jack maybe Jack just it felt like drawing a giant tidal wave of lava that day, he and did. he was just sitting at sitting at the desk and he's like you know what I feel like drawing fire today, we'll see what okay. you know Stan Stan can come up with whatever he wants and make this out yeah. and uh, and it came out as molten force sweet deal. What Thor, I love most about this page, yeah, is
1: Thor. I mean, he spent the last couple pages kind of running, avoiding, not really quite, you know, he's clever, but he's not quite sure how to handle this because the the destroyer is an overwhelming force. So he's buying himself time, for lack of a better term. But it gets to the point where he says, you know what? All right, that's enough of that. And he just stops and he says, enough of this senseless fleeing. And he tells the destroyer, hey, stand your ground. I'm coming,
0: you know and and on so on page six what eric why don't you just describe for us what how does thor deal with the destroyer in this moment because i I think it's ingenious um it really shows off his
1: intelligence he wedges himself between the ceiling and a big support beam and he just flexes and virtually brings the whole house down on top of of him fantastic just what does it say it says uh um, uh, oh, uh, uh, wrenches uh, loose a million ton arch of solid rock, sending it crashing down upon the stunned figure below. And then, uh, in describing the destroyer itself, it says, uh, how it was just created by Odin. And it says, standing his ground beneath the torrent of rock, he does not even lose his footing as the Holocaust takes place around him. So, that's that's a big dramatic moment of saying how much stone is collapsing on top
0: of him and the destroyer just shrugs it off like we do a rainstorm he's i mean thor is essentially dropping a medieval castle on this thing exactly and 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 one little writing uh, writing device here that um actually uh our, our mutual acquaintance chris eberly taught me uh, is mm. when you're reading a comic especially a stan lee written comic if he emphasizes, if, if, if he repeats himself three times, he's emphasizing something very significant. And uh, within the description of the rubble falling on the destroyer, he, mm-hmm. said, he describes um, it, uh, the destroyer was created by Odin. Odin, the all-wise. Odin, the all-powerful. Odin, the omnipotent. We are meant to be thinking about Odin here kind of in the, in the background because Odin is gonna come into play in a very significant way here, but we have to, Thor has to escape here because one thing I think that's very crucial in understanding Thor's first, uh, his first encounter with the Destroyer is he's not gonna beat this thing by, by brute force and he is down one Mjolnir hammer. Exactly. He has not used the hammer once, this issue, and I don't believe he does. So he, no, he's all tucked into his belt the whole time. I mean, th- this is a rare issue where we don't see Thor use the hammer as, as he would normally do, uh, as he would normally uh, use it. So he's got to continue to outwit the Destroyer. So he's on the run, and he thinks that if he can... If he can use the hunter's mortal body almost as a deterrent to get the destroyer to stop, even though we know, as the readers, the destroyer will not stop, he won't stop at anything, even the uh, destruction of his mortal form. But Thor's not going to, you know, have any innocence be harmed here. So we're kind of at an impasse. Right. We're kind of at a. a it's an Asgardian standoff, and the destroyer threatens to unleash his most deadly weapon. He flips the visor down and he is going to, um, he's going to unleash a destructive beam, unlike any of the other um, weapons he's used thus far. Now here is where uh, I just, I just want to interject something from the first Thor film. I loved the design of the destroyer in the movie. Um, it's, it's a little different, obviously from the first um, the first iteration here, but I feel like they were very, uh, very respectful of the early foundations of the character, and the armor in the movie was so cool, especially when they use its signature weapon—the the, the the beam shooting out of its you know its its eye holes um so when, when you were reading through these issues eric did you did you think back to the original movie at all um i did i did um
1: just yeah it, it is hard um just you know how how the destroyer has always been an unstoppable force so that that moment in the movie you know of course at the end of the big fight but even the first time we see him in the movie like I don't know about you but like my breath caught because I'm like Oh, like that was like oh wow you know yeah. oh absolutely they're, they're doing this you know
0: yeah. and 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 in the movie it's used as a way for Thor to prove that he's truly a, a selfless hero that he's worthy of the powers of of the hammer and in mm-hmm. this issue it's uh, it's played as the 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 final dramatic beat before we reach our resolution. Because we jump immediately back to Asgard, and uh, Loki consults from his, uh, from his imprisonment, he, uh, from his dungeon of no escape. He consults Carnilla, the Norn Queen, who uh, um, listeners to this podcast will know I love Carnilla, the Norn Queen. She is the best dressed lady in all of Asgard, with her <laughs> many headgears and, and all of that. Um, and she and Loki strike a deal. Um, that uh, she's gonna she's gonna get the stones back, and Loki is gonna you know basically not get punished by Odin uh, because Thor won't die if Carnilla interferes and wakes Odin, and Odin rises from his slumber. He takes off his his Odin snuggie, and he gets back into you know his his powerful form, and he decides that he is going to uh, stop the destroyer before his son is destroyed himself so when we jump back to the temple of darkness thor is still using the hunter's body as the as the deterrent but odin shouts out you know it's like my son i you know I'm, i'm gonna help you here i'm gonna stop the destroyer and thor initially says nay my father stay thy hand the god of thunder must wage his own battle no matter what the cost why not just take the help man to say that. Well, you know, it's
1: it's even though Thor has by this point supposedly learned humility, he's still he's still fairly a you know it's a headstrong warrior, and what warrior wants to say you know okay well you know I won this fight because my dad stepped in,
0: <laughs> you know it's like every high schooler's nightmare, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Thor decides that he's gonna he's gonna try to. Uh, use again continue to use his wits here and the hunter who uh, is inside of the destroyer armor he comes up with a plan of of his own because he knows thor is not going to hurt them his mortal form so he transitions his essence back to the mortal body and he goes to strike thor and he's going to kind of play a game of cat and mouse with him kind of switching back between the different bodies but then the temple starts to erode it starts to crumble over the two and he's unable to get back into the destroyer armor before the temple completely collapses on top of the destroyer and the destroyer is out of sight out of mind for the time being so the the climax here eric um as we see you know the destroyer is he's not destroyed but um He's defeated in a way. Uh, what did you think of the conclusion, the, the outsmarting, uh, kind of going, going a different way than the Hunter probably saw it going? Now, what did you think of the conclusion of this uh, conflict? Well, I, th- I think page 11 just proves us wrong on our earlier point, because right
1: there, Thor uses the hammer to smash the floor. That is Indeed like the he does. One, so we're,
0: in this issue. we are proven wrong.
1: Indeed. But, uh, the, I don't know what I'll do, general Tyler. Is, is good, uh, you know, the, the way that uh Kirby draws the temple collapsing is gorgeous. Uh, and Odin, you know, standing up there, my heart swells with pride at thy gallantry, my son. I have seen and no. so be it. You know, what a
0: proud papa, <laughs> indeed.
1: Indeed, I'm glad I didn't have to step in and win your fight for you, <laughs>
0: <laughs> man. I was. I haven't had any coffee since I woke up from my Odin sleep. <laughs> my Odin gems have changed color.
1: They were yellow when I went to bed. Now they're white and red. You know, I mean, what's up with that?
0: Asgardian <laughs> Starbucks isn't even open yet. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're drawn into the the, the the wrapping up of this issue and uh, the, the two part conflict with the destroyer. Uh, the hunter is released because the hunter was being used by loki so thor has no issue with him at this point and then we uh we jump back to odin uh odin's not having it with loki loki tries to explain himself but uh this is a rare moment where odin is actually intelligent in how he deals with loki he doesn't just you know let him off you know with a whack on the wrist uh, he actually uh he tells him to go work with Eularic, the royal warlock and loki is sent to um, sent to work with him but he he promises that while i live i shall plan i shall scheme i shall conspire so mm. loki has not changed uh, dear listener loki's not changing anytime soon not, <laughs> um, at not, the, not at all the loki of tom hiddleston fame is very far in the future yeah, <laughs> very exactly. far <laughs> but uh there's a there's a, a moment here at the end where we're given a, a glimpse into what thor is going to go off and do next he is going to go reforge the hammer he's going to go reforge his broken hammer so that he can um you know he can get back to his uh, his midgard defending ways so that's where we're left off at the end of journey into mystery 119 And if I can interject,
1: absolutely living in the the state that I live in, I love where he comes to hammer.
0: Right, tell everybody where he's gonna go to free forge the hammer. It it makes sense if you're from uh, from the great state of Pennsylvania.
1: Absolutely, I mean it's the '60s, and he goes to the to the steel mills of Pittsburgh.
0: Oh my goodness,
1: God! Where else would you go?
0: He's going to go take in a Steelers game and, and reforge the hammer. Hey, I can, I can relate. <laughs> right? I actually, uh, it reminds me of my conversation that I, I got to have with Ron Friends. Ron Friends is a Pittsburgh native, and this is the first time I've seen Pittsburgh in the Marvel Universe, and uh, you know what better place to go reforge a hammer? It makes Absolutely. perfect Ron's sense. Ron's
1: a great guy. I've met him several times.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, he he definitely spoke very highly of uh, of, uh, of his work on Thor and being from Pittsburgh. So this is like, Journey to Mystery one twenty is like Ron friends the issue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as we wrap up this issue, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about Tales of Asgard, um, because this issue is a very important issue. Uh, Journey to Mystery One Hundred and Nineteen for its Tales of Asgard story, but kind of wrapping up the conflict with the Destroyer. Any final thoughts with uh, Thor versus the uh, the Asgardian weapon, the Destroyer? Just that it was it was a great fight and really shows how
1: formidable it is, and that is uh, one heck of a good introduction for it.
0: I agree. The Destroyer will definitely menace mighty Thor many many times um, mm. in his storied history uh, but Eric wanted to take some time here to just talk about his thoughts about the tales of Asgard stories uh, that are within these journey and mystery uh, issues and um, like we both said we're both big fans of Chris Eberly and Chris and I have been you know just a fan we've been having a fantastic time doing the tales of Asgard stories but loving those loving them Eric wants to talk about some significant first appearances so we're going to talk about some significant first appearances take it away eric whatever you want to talk about now just something really minor that sort of caught my eye
1: in issue number 118 we're not really given to any particular you don't need to go back to it we don't we don't meet any you know particularly famous character but they do introduce a a pawn of loki's in that issue whose name is braggie now, yes. Bragi, if you know the name from Norse mythology, Bragi is the god of poetry. Interesting. Okay. However, the Bragi that they introduce here, he's a B-R-A-G-G-I. Okay. Which, in typical Norse spelling, he's only got one G. But, you know, this is the Marvel Universe. You can think, you know, not yeah. a big deal. You roll with it. But later on in... Uh, Uh, What is it? In 1983, in Marvel Fanfare, Volume 1, Number 13, we're actually introduced to the real Bragi, B-R-A-G-I. Okay. So There's actually two gods named Bragi in the Marvel Universe. One's got the double G, one's got the single G. And and that's the little bit of trivia you can break out at your comic book store. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) But then in issue number 119, we are introduced... To characters that are they are as much a part of Thor and his mythos and then our own liking as any part of Thor could be, we are introduced to the Warriors 3 for the first Woo! time. Yes. yes! Hogan, Fandral, and Volstagg, the Voluminous.
0: Volstagg, yes! Oh my <laughs> gosh. Getting excited. Uh, and and Eric, just t- tell us a little bit about you know um, your connection with those characters. Why why they stand out to you? I mean, they are phenomenal characters, but I just want to know your personal bent and take on them.
1: Uh, Hogan's always been interesting because okay. his design his design is almost like a Mongol. So I've never quite figured out what they were going for with him. Okay. Um, Bandrol, of course, is Errol Flynn, and he's he's yep. always such a womanizer, and he's always a, a joy. Uh, and Bullock is is the hero of any middle aged overweight dad. You this know, guy, could, this yes,
0: guy right here. here you. Yep. Woo! You see, you know. So, uh, I, I once I once said on uh, one of our uh, Facebook groups with you know thousands of people there i said that volstag is my spirit animal and uh <laughs> i will accept no substitutes he yes. is uh i mean and then this story is one of those um they're getting ready to go out and find the uh, the culprit behind the cracking of the odin sword and mm-hmm. volstag and, and hogan and Fandrill make their presence very known uh, and these are three original characters Uh, i'm sure you being a mythology guy they're not from mythology no Um, they're not these are original characters that stan and jack uh created for this uh for this title and one thing i really like about the inclusion of the warriors Three here is two things i always think about with the warriors three thor finally has friends yes and and he, yes, he has Balder, but Balder is more like he's kind of more like a solemn brother. It's like a brother mm-hmm. in arms. They're very serious, but like the Warriors Three are who he that that's who he parties with.
1: That's exactly right. They're they're like they're his crew.
0: Yeah, they're yeah they're we'll his uh, his his Asgardian uh, his posse, um, yep. and, and also the inclusion of these characters, we finally get some humor in these issues. Uh, and obviously the Warriors three are, they're, they're slowly introduced throughout the history of, of these issues, but we finally get to laugh a little bit. we get to have a little bit of, of more overt fun. I mean, Volstag is, Volstag is there for one reason. He's there to make you laugh and he does it quite well. So um yeah. And uh,
1: I, what I love about Volstagg, especially, I mean, you know, the the ability to relate to him, notwithstanding, <clears throat> is that you know he he seems like an oaf, you know, he yes. seems like a fool, you know, he's braggadocious and and clumsy and all this stuff. But later on, we get the stories of him when he was young, and there's a reason he calls himself the Lion of Asgard. I mean, dude was was a wall. yep you know, he was a huge massive you know strong warrior who you know so he he's earned
0: every bit of the 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 bragging rights that he currently has he's not i mean uh take him lightly at your own risk he's Absolutely. a he is a he is a he is a mighty warrior of asgard he will hear he will hear nothing to the contrary uh well said. So, that just kind of wraps up our discussion of these issues, Eric. Anything, um, anything we need to know about you, your fandom? Anything you want to say before we hop off here and we we head on down the Rainbow Bridge? Well, uh, I just I, I
1: like I said when we were sort of beforehand, I'm I'm not real good at talking myself up, but there are several um, comic projects that I myself am involved in as writer, as creator, as letterer, uh, things of that nature.
0: Oh, promote um, your stuff man if, if you want to you want to promote your stuff go right ahead my goodness
1: well um there's the project i'm involved with with coalition comics called the power company where uh my main uh character that i'm probably best known for steel wolf he's a member of that team awesome uh, there's a couple uh solo projects with him in the works uh, there's a team up project with him in the works Um, I do work with G-Man comics with Rick Offenberger and uh, um, there I I've sort of taken my love of Thor and and run with it we are getting ready to launch a comic that I'm writing called Tyrannus the Thunderlord so we're going to be doing stuff with the Celtic gods you know like Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends did you know yes we're taking I'm taking a a spin with them myself you know I figure I don't want to run with yet another version of Thor. It's like, okay, my family is Irish, let's let's dip into my my heritage there.
0: Awesome. Fabulous. Where can people find uh uh where can people find out more about these issues, your creations, or go and buy buy uh issues of, of your comics?
1: Uh, if you go to indieplanet.com, uh, the okay. first three issues, two handbooks. Of the power company are available there. Um, if you back the campaigns for the G-Man comics stuff, okay. you're able to get back issues there. Awesome. Um, they're not available anywhere else yet. And uh, like I said, the the Solo Steel Wolf stuff is sort of in progress. Okay. So
0: we'll be sure to I'll get I'll get the link from you, and we will definitely um, give you shout outs to plenty on our groups and uh, hopefully we can get more more eric bennett uh, created comics into the world into the into the nine realms of 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 our world so uh man, eric thank you so much for joining me tonight i know we've had just a ball you know talking on our group and direct messaging back and forth it was finally good to actually sit down and talk some comics and record it so other people can hear it i appreciate you having me this was a lot of fun i enjoyed it too Well, thank you, sir. Uh, We'll see you down the road. And next time we uh, we jump aboard the Rainbow Bridge with you. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. There you have it, everybody. That was my conversation with Eric Bennett, all about these latest issues in our throwback series. The first appearance of the Destroyer was uh, just a lot of fun to talk about, so I hope you enjoyed their conversation. For now, we are going to shut the throwback series down, and we are going to pick up our new segment, the segment that we have uh, so originally named Ryan Recommends. So the first time around, we recommended that you go out and get the First issue of the new Donny Cates Ryan Otley Hulk series that's come out. That was a lot of fun, a lot of lot of good action in that issue. Hope you, if you went out and got that issue, I hope you enjoyed it. And then last week we recommended that you go watch the Shits Creek TV series, and uh, I hope you enjoy that. I'm I think we're like halfway through season two now, so just a little bit of an update there for you. Now the. For the third installment of the series, I want to recommend you go do some homework for next week's episode. Next week, we have a guest coming on the show who is my favorite comedian in in the whole world right now. He just never fails to make me laugh. His comedy is edgy and philosophical, and it's littered with puns. So I I love puns, and he is never short on them go check out the comedian Mike Kaplan. Now, uh, he does spell Mike a tad differently. He spells his his version of it M-Y-Q. So go check out Mike Kaplan, M-Y-Q. Go check him out on Apple Music, I believe, is where you can find all of his albums. But just go check out him on YouTube and Check out some of his sets. He is going to join us for a conversation next week. And um, his humor is just really refreshing and it always makes me laugh. So I recommend that you go check out our guest for next week, Mike Kaplan. Go check out his albums. He's been on national tv he's been on conan uh the conan talk show he's been on last comic standing so he he knows his stuff and he is a very very funny guy and he brings that to our conversation next week so go check him out do a little bit of homework homework that you'll actually enjoy i promise and that leads me to letting you know that next week we are going to talk about the recent prey storyline from donny cates and nick klein part of their run on thor Mike stops by and we talk all about that storyline and really uh, the different version of Don Blake that Donnie Cates and Nick Klein bring to the uh, the world of Thor. It's a great storyline. Mike was a great guest, and Mike was such a great guest that we actually kept the conversation going after the uh, after we talked about that storyline and we got you some Patreon content. So if your if our announcement of our Patreon excites you, there is a great conversation waiting for you there with Mike in addition to the free one that everyone will get on the regular feed for the podcast. So if you want to join our Patreon, go support us there. You will get an extra bonus conversation with Mike Kaplan, our guest, next week. So... All these are great ways you can go support both our guests and the show itself. You can also go rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes. You can go follow us on Spotify and then go interact with us. Keep the conversation going on social media. On Instagram, we are at Mighty Thor Podcast. And then on Facebook, you can join our public group. We just ask that you be kind and courteous to all the other members. We have lots of people there that would love to talk Thor with you. So go reach out to us there and interact with the community around this podcast at those different channels. And uh, we just cannot wait, cannot wait for the rest of our December, the great guests we have lined up and the great conversations that we will get to have in the weeks leading up to the end of the year. So until we see you again, dear listener, aboard the Rainbow Bridge, I encourage you to stay worthy.